0: Today, on the Agents Who Crush It Real Estate Podcast, we're going to hear the good, the bad, and the ugly of how real estate agents overcame challenges and grew their business. Check out the episode notes at crushitinre.com slash podcast. And here's your host, Lindsay Favaza. Welcome to the Agents Who Crush It in Real Estate Podcast. I am your host, Lindsay Favaza. Each week, I sit down with realtors who have risen to the top of their markets, and we learn about their journeys, their challenges, and the strategies they've used to achieve their goals. Today, I am thrilled to have Justin Bozak as our special guest. Justin is the owner partner realtor of Remax Revolution, one of the top real estate offices on the Jersey shore. He personally sold an impressive 38 homes for 30 million in sales volume in 2022. But that's not all. Justin is a team leader of the Ocean Six Group, which last year closed a whopping 318 deals with a total volume of $151 million. With over 15 years of experience in the industry, Justin has become a respected leader and sought-after mentor in the real estate community. In this episode, Justin will share his secrets to success, his favorite techniques, and his vision for the future of his team. So grab a cup of your favorite beverage, or if you're driving, put your hands at 10 and 2 and enjoy this inspiring story. Justin, welcome to the podcast today.
1: Thanks, Lindsay. How are we doing today?
0: I'm doing great, and I'm super excited to talk to you. We connected over um, you know, email, and I looked at your stats, and I was like, yes, please. I need to have him on the podcast for sure. And we have a mutual friend, correct?
1: I think we have a couple, Probably. <laughs>
0: probably. But Ed Stulak, who was on a uh, couple episodes ago here now, probably a year ago now, um, we're both friends with him. So that's awesome to you know be able to build these connections in the industry this way. So thanks so much for joining us. I want to first start out and ask, what inspired you to be in real estate, to be a realtor? What got you into this industry?
1: Sure. So, I mean, it actually went back to a, uh, a high school project, uh, junior year. What do you want to be? um, when you grow up pretty much, or when you, when you get out of school. Uh, so I did the project and learned that, uh, real estate school, you didn't technically need to go to college for. Um, I still ended up going for, uh, accounting. Uh, I was working at that time to put myself through school though, uh, in management. I worked at uh, McDonald's from the time I was 16 years old, worked myself up, uh, to management was running a store, uh, a good buddy of mine. Uh, he left for another company called all the foods. Uh, We were making more money there. So I was 19, 20, 21 years old working there. Figured that, uh, you know, school wasn't doing it for me. I didn't like English class. I didn't want to do the work because I was working, you know, making decent money. And uh, decided from there, um, I couldn't uh, elevate to like a supervisor role within that company. Uh, So I said, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. I wanted to do it. I think I'm old enough to actually start now where people will actually, you know, maybe listen to me and want to work with me. And uh, went and got my license and uh, started working with uh, more of a corporate company. Uh, so I was on the phone starting out, just answering uh, phone calls. People had questions about properties and uh, saw that there was a, uh, another uh, pod, I guess, within the company that was making more money, booking uh, cold calls or doing cold calls and booking listing appointments. So I said, let me get over to that spot, but a couple months just hanging out, you know, learning what that was and then, uh, you know, just elevated to that role. It naturally grew from there. You know, there was a, a buyer's agency a position that opened up. I said, I want to get out in the field and and do it. So jumped out, started doing that. And uh, at that time, you know, I was probably 23 years old, closing uh, like 50 homes a year for for a couple of years, not knowing if that was good or bad. That was just kind of, I knew it was good for, for my company. Uh, I just didn't have a grasp on what real estate was outside of my company. Um, I just didn't really pay attention to it. Uh, but those were all buy deals as well. So I was just literally driving around seven days a week, just showing homes on the fly. Um, my uh, my office Lord. would know, yeah, call <laughs> Bozak. He'll he'll take it. He'll he'll close it, and and that was it because they would all get points based on my conversion. So it was a pretty uh, interesting uh, concept. Unfortunately, that company closed uh, right on the heels of the uh, recession, 2007. So uh, again, at that time, I was just a buyer's agent. I didn't know how to make the phone ring I just knew I, I just knew how to pick it up and, and how to close from there so uh I said all right well, what am I to do I'm gonna stay in business I need some leads so um I actually hacked into the system because they shut it down we didn't have any access to any of our files and uh got only not only all of my leads got uh, a bunch of my friends leads uh and said hey guys you still want to do this I have all your leads I'll send them over to an excel spreadsheet and uh and we went to work. We actually created a team really before there was a team concept. So
0: that's amazing. So 2007 into 2008, I mean, mm-hmm. everything was falling apart. And being a buyer's agent was one of the worst things you could be at that yeah. point, you know. Um, so tell me, what were some of the thoughts going through your mind back then when the market was shifting? Because, I mean, obviously, it's not 2008, as we keep telling everybody. Um, but at the same time, we are in that, in that shifted market. So what's kind of similar to what you were dealing with back then to now?
1: yeah i mean so um you know there was uh there was less inventory back then there was a uh, higher interest rates obviously back then as well and uh you know there was a uh, what we call the liar loans back then so that was kind of fueling the the economy and uh you know when the company closed things were still okay uh things hadn't collapsed just yet um so we just kind of continued you know just just working and grinding and then uh obviously the the collapse came you know probably within six to eight months after and, uh, you know, that's kind of when short sales and foreclosures, uh, came fast and various. So, uh, we just said, okay, we're going to learn everything about short sales in the process. And we're going to be experts at doing that. And we were one of the first, um, you know, teams to kind of set up a system, uh, in our area to, uh, to do short sales, you know, and we also had, uh, you know, some alignment. We, we found an attorney that wanted to specialize in doing it and, uh, kind of created a system and we went after... Um, you know those kinds of deals um, obviously it took a while to close those you know closings were a year two years sometimes you had to do four or five deals just to close it uh, one time but we knew that was probably 40 to fifty percent of the inventory um you know for for a couple of years so so it was a grind
0: it was a grind it's a grind now too but in different ways right for sure. so, Walk me through some of your personal approach to selling homes in a normal market. I guess that's really never any market, but um, talk to me about your approach, your team's approach. What do you train them on? Like, give us some of the tips that you give them.
1: It's honestly pretty easy. So I had a a little bit of a construction background when I was going to school. So I learned kind of about houses and, you know, I I was asking a lot of questions to that contractor about literally literally everything about a house I wanted to know. Um, So when I would show homes as a buyer's agent, you know, I'd... Greet the clients, hey, how you doing? And uh, I'd continue to, to to kind of almost tell them everything that was wrong with the house. And that was like an eye opener, I think, for a lot of people because they're like, wait, well, what what are you doing? You know what I mean? Why are you telling me about all the bad things about the house? And my response was always, you know, you could see all the good things. I'm just telling you the things that are gonna come up later on. And I want to make sure that, you know, you're making a good purchase, you know. So uh, for example, hey, the roof, you know, the windows, H V A C uh, where there's leaks in the basements or something's going on in the crawl space, I'd actually get in there and take a look at it. Um, I just knew the way I wanted to work. It was less salesy. I never wanted to be like a pushy salesperson. I wanted to be more of a consultant, and I just found that that worked. People, you know, liked me. Um, they appreciated the insight that I could bring. You know the the example i always give my agents is that everybody knows what granite countertops looks like you don't really have to say oh look at these beautiful granite countertops by the house you know this is a great deal and then, you know you're not giving them the other information they need to really make a good decision and the deals are going to fall apart anyway you know i uh you know went through uh, home inspections and uh make sure I, I asked a lot of questions to the inspectors as far as what they were looking for and and just kind of learned um, how to set up my deals so that way they were like airtight, making sure that they appraised and making sure that they wouldn't fall apart due to the inspection issues because you lose a client during that home inspection process, even though it's not your fault, you may lose them forever. You know, so you want to make sure if you put, if you work that hard to put that deal together, that that deal closes. Um, and true conversion, you know, I think comes from doing a good job on the front end and being very proactive, uh, especially as a buyer's agent. Uh, to make sure that client feels super confident in what they're doing and that there's no things that pop up later on. It's like, hey, nobody told me about this. I didn't know this was going to happen. I didn't know about the closing costs being so high. Or, you know, I didn't know that the house, you know, might not have appraised. Yeah, uh, Most buyers, they'd never done it before. You know, so it's up to us to really fill in the blanks, give them all the right information and educate them. And I found that a lot of the agents that I know in my office just weren't doing that. They were just going after the sale. They were looking at it as a transaction. And then it turned out, you know, 45 years, six years later, you know, these people came back to me and not only, you know, were they happy to use me because they knew they could trust me, but I also sold them the best houses that were on the market and they had a good understanding of what needed to be done to those houses um, in order to make them more valuable. So, you know, as time went by, I was getting amazing listings because I set my clients up with amazing homes to buy.
0: So I love that, that you're consulting, not selling, right? So- I think that that probably, like you said, over time, got you more referrals, got you more repeat business, got you, you know, getting referrals from them, from their family, from their friends. So it's a great, you know, strategy to have to not be focused on just getting that sale done because there's so much, like you said, uh, the, you know, inspection is that next step, but the next referral is also the step after that. So it's like, if you make them happy here, it's going to lead to so much more for you.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you know, and the, younger buyers or they're always bringing the uncle or the father that you know to come during the inspection that's the first time you're meeting them and uh I'd always you know form a nice bond with with them as well and uh again because I did a good job you know they weren't walking into a house that was falling apart um so you know they said yeah no this is this is great and and you know what you're talking about and you know they uh they uh they felt more confident I guess you know referring me in the future because their parents signed off on hey this guy knows what he's doing
0: that's awesome. And winning over those parents are always the hottest right
1: there. Yeah. Winning over everybody, even when I kids. Like I would, you know, hang out with the kids and talk to the kids and, you know, give yeah. the kids some treats and stuff. I'd carry kids through houses. I'd babysit kids so that their parents could look at the houses. I mean, anything and everything that I would need to do to make clients comfortable. Like I'm game. I'm open to it.
0: So how did you manage to do those things? still be able to, you know, sell 50 homes or whatever numbers you were hitting during those days? And then on top of that, be able to have a life? Or did you not? Or did you have to kind of figure that out as you went? Like, how did you balance it all? Mm -hmm.
1: It was tricky. Um, So like, usually I would take off like on a Wednesday because I was working all weekend and I was up late at night, you know, chasing deals and attorney reviews and emails and following up with mortgage guys and stuff like that. Um, so I want to say probably in like 2014, 15 is when we hired our first assistant. Uh, And then, you know, shortly thereafter we, uh, created the transaction coordinator role. Um, so those are things that we had in our previous company. And, uh, once we put them into place, things started opening up. I mean, it was a grind. I didn't have a life, you know, there's, there's no sugarcoating that, but, um, you know, with that you learn and then you find out that. Yeah, like maybe I don't need to do all these tasks where I can get help because I was also the marketing coordinator. Um I love doing marketing and advertising. I'm very specific on how things look, but at the same time can I I had to learn to give direction and have somebody else work on it for 2 or 3 hours and maybe just come in and and give some edits, you know, and that takes me 10 minutes to do, you know, and then pay somebody and then trust that they can learn the process and maybe template the process. And uh, you know that's kind of how we were able to scale not only the team but the scale our office uh, because we have an office of 160 agents. Um, we did like 1,300 transactions last year at an office and 560 million. And uh, you know the, the mentality was, um, you know, how much is your hourly worth? You know, what's what's your wage? And then how do you get a, a raise? And the key is bringing in you know staff and employees. You know, if you think that you're worth 50 or 100 dollars an hour. You got to look at what am I doing? Uh, If I'm doing marketing and advertising, is that a $100 an hour task? You know, the $100 an hour task is going out and getting listings and negotiating deals and meeting clients. Like that's where you get the real value. And if you can bring in key people around you to take on the $10 task, $20 task, $30 task, you'll find you can buy your time back. And when you can buy your time back, you know, you can be way more productive, efficient, and then have a life. So, like last year, I swear to God, I feel like I've worked, I worked less than I ever have before, um, took off mostly every weekend, you know, once in a while, maybe, you know, I'm working with one buy side client that's also maybe a listing and that was it, you know, and that's a couple hours maybe on a weekend because there's usually high end buyers. I'm not showing ten houses or 20 houses to those people. It's only a couple, you know, so it's understanding how to, how to manage your time, how to be effective. And, uh, I felt like last year I just breezed through, honestly. Um, but it's again, being productive and efficient. I'm still working. I'm still connected, but I'm not up late at night chasing things and worrying about things because my staff has been in place for quite some time now. So, you know, I can just trust that they're going to just get the job done, which is great.
0: It's amazing. You get the right people in the right seats and uh, the boats all rowing in the right direction.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, it's taking a step back to take a step forward is what I always say. Right. It's uh that extra money that you're gonna think you're gonna make, you know, all right, reinvest it back in your business, reinvest it back into people. This is a long term game if you're getting into real estate. This isn't a short term thing. Yeah. So pay yourself a little less, you know, why pay more in taxes, reinvest back in your business? I mean, it's gotten us to the point where, you know, now we own the office that we're actually in. We're paying ourselves rent. You know, we have 160 agents because we built the system and the processes. Could I have made more money and had more things, you know, during the process and instead? absolutely. But at the end of the day, I want to retire. I don't want to be a realtor at 60 years old. Just me personally, nothing obviously against people that are doing it because a lot of people at that age, you know, that's their second career. Um, I want to be actually buying properties, investing in properties and doing it for myself Um, or doing it on a higher end. I also do a lot of new construction sales. So I'll always probably be doing new construction in, in some capacity You know, but it's really, what are you comfortable with? Where do you want to lead your life, have a long-term goal? I know when I'm 50, like, I really don't want to do residential anymore. I don't.
0: Yeah. And that's your goal. That's what's driving you to get a team that can do it for you, (laughs) that can do it and that you can train and that you can, you know, step into the roles that you want to be in. So talk to me about your marketing strategies. So what has worked for you over the years? What's working now specifically? What are some of those things that you guys are not willing to give up because you know it's going to help
1: yeah so i mean investing in your community you know that's that's a huge thing um so uh we did um, mailers two-page mailers with you know market data and uh you know pictures of the houses that we would list and, and mail that out to anywhere between a thousand to fifteen hundred homes you know and I, I was an investor in that community i lived there as well um i decided at uh, some point i think in 2009 all right i'm going to coach my son in baseball even though i didn't have a lot of time you know, I said, I'm just gonna do it. And then I found from there, you know, that time that I thought I was, you know, losing, cause that's a lot of Saturdays, a lot of nights, um, doing that, that I was meeting more people. I was meeting other coaches, I was meeting other parents, and I'd never marketed or advertised myself within that capacity, but they would just obviously naturally talk about what are you doing? And you were there and they would ask questions. And then, you know, all of a sudden you're doing deals with, you know, new people that you're meeting, which is great. Um, so that was like the first thing. And then, you know, going to church, um, they found out that I was in real estate and wanted me to be on building committees. So I helped, I volunteered and did that. So that led to different things. Um, so I had the marketing going on, you had some volunteering going on, then my daughter played softball coach did that same thing, you know, and it ends up just, you start doing the things that you want to do. And then you start meeting people and then they say that, okay, this person knows what he's talking about. And you're just there, you know, and they came to the, Recent, most recent thing where um, we decided to sponsor a special needs field. My um, youngest son, who was nine, uh, at the time he was four or five, uh, he has autism. Um, we decided to help build this special needs park, six million dollar park from the ground up. Um, we took a sponsorship role, we we're paying like $8,000 a year before it was built, just to kind of contribute. And uh, you know, then it asked me to be on the board then all of a sudden, I'm the vice president. Now I'm the board chairman of the entire foundation, and I'm on the board with just major figures that you would never be able to be in a room with. Honestly, you know, the heads of hospitals, um, the heads of marketing and advertising for like the biggest hospitals in the state. Um, it's so it's been super cool. Um, and then obviously, you know, we're doing a ton of social media. Uh, that's always been huge. We've been on Facebook since like 2012, before you could actually even pay for advertising. Uh, We built that up. Um, Marketing there, Instagram, I've been doing TikTok recently, TikTok's been really good. You know, so you do all those things and you do it within that community and it's a a foundational approach. You know, you build it almost, you know, brick by brick. Uh, And then that foundation's very strong, you know, because you've got a good tie um, with that community. So, It takes time, though. You know, most people think like, "Oh, I can just send a couple postcards, and then they quit after like three months." Again, long-term strategy. We use a company called uh, Real Marketing. They're exclusive uh, when you do use them, and then you just compound it. So you do a website, you know, you do the social media, and then you know, those are just different layers, and you're just spending more money. We were spending more money than we were making when we first started. It probably took about a year and a half to to break even on that stuff, but it was knowing spend the investment, put the money up, and then eventually it'll come back. And you just also, you've got to be a good, you've got to do a good job too, when you get those opportunities. So.
0: And I mean, a lot of what you said in the beginning, it's, you know, the volunteering and being, you know, coach and things like that. I mean, those are, in a way, they're networking opportunities. Like you said, like they're going to get to know you as a person first, which is who they want to work with. They don't want to work with that like robot salesperson. They want to work with someone that they know, like, and trust. And if they are getting that trust already, and then they, you know, that tried and true question, how's the market, Justin? How's the market? Right. Like that's one of those first questions that you get. And then you roll into your spiel. Right? <laughs> and now you've got clients coming in from something that you kind of did as like a side thing. So to kind of help the community, that's amazing. And, Props to you guys for being so involved in the community, because that's that's really great. I hear a lot of realtors talk about, like, what can I do? And it's like, do people know you within your even your street? <laughs> like, You know, do people know who you are or do they only get your postcards and they don't see you around town or they don't see you in their community? They don't have you helping them shovel their driveway. You know, like there's just little things like that, that you're human and you're helping and then that builds trust with people. So I think that's so amazing. Yeah. Um, what advice do you give to your team when they're starting out new agents that join your team starting out? What is it that do you put them through some kind of like training program? Do you have like, you know, certain things that they have to, you know, metrics that they have to hit? It sounds like you guys are very closely looking at numbers and things like that. So what are some of those things that you do with brand new people on your team? What What are some of the advice and tips that you're getting them to go after?
1: Yeah. So we have um, some mentors on the team that help with the uh, the newer agents coming on board. So, um, we set them up and, uh, you know, there's a referral fee, obviously for that, when the, uh, new agents are coming on board, uh, for that assistance, but they'll help you through your first five or six deals. And, uh, they're going to, you know, tag along with you. They're going to understand, uh, what an appraisal looks like on a deal that you're doing. They're going to come along with you on one of your inspections to understand what that, that looks like. You don't ever want to have your first deal. And this is the first time you've ever, you know, done any of these things, you know, so, um, it's, uh, yeah, it's just getting that experience, but, uh, we, we're part of Zillow Flex and we've always kind of paid for, for leads through Zillow. Uh, so we, uh, have a program pretty much where, you know, they jump in and you take some of the old leads, you're going to scrub them and we're going to role play. And, you know, you're going how to learn how to talk on the phones and how to set appointments and do things like that and how to follow up and how to set up campaigns. And, and, uh, we use follow up boss right now. I think we might switch over to KV Core um, at some point, but, um, to to be able to use systems and understand the process before you actually go out there and and start, you know, meeting with clients. Um, the team aspect is great, you know, because there's a lot of camaraderie. Uh, you can actually, you know, we have group chat where you can drop any question you have, even if, you know, some of our experienced agents haven't run into something, they just drop a question real quick, or you need some coverage on something, you know, somebody can cover you for an inspection or appraisal and, uh, you know, it's a, it's, it's a good vibe. We do team outings as well. Um, but for the new agents, I think the most important thing is the more volume you can do up front, the better chances of survival are in this business. A lot of, you know, agents that might be amazing agents, you know, if if you started out and you only did two or three deals, but you could have been an amazing agent, but you just didn't have the ability to hang on, you know, a lot of people end up getting out of the business. So, you know, we teach you, all right, we're going to have open houses. You're going to sit for for us and for other agents in the office, that's going to be a great way for you to talk to people and to learn how to create a relationship from the ground up. You know, you're going to do rentals. And I think rentals are a great way, you know, to be able to do your first transaction and build up a client that a lot of, you know, agents don't work with rentals. Um, and they feel shuffled around. And when they find a good agent that's willing to take care of them, guess what? Rentals are always, for the most part, short term, a year, two years. Guess what? You're going to be able to get them to your mortgage guy. They're going to get pre approved. You're going to, put together a plan so they can buy. So imagine you do 5 or 6 of those, you know, on top of doing a couple deals within your first couple months, right? You're paying your bills, you're learning the process and you're setting up future deals for yourself. And and they are also probably the ones that are going to refer you out more than anybody. Uh but just because again, it's so it's so tough uh to find somebody to help you with a rental, you know, most people just end up doing it on their own. Yeah. But uh it is good to have an agent to help you. It's just tough to find somebody that's willing to.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of legal reasons, too, that, you know, in laws and regulations, I'm sure you guys have some of the similar ones there in New Jersey that we have up here. But like, you know, that also scares a lot of agents away from it. But for the most part, like you said, they're they're future buyers. So it's a great way to get in with them for sure. Um, how do you stay current? How do you stay current on the latest trends? Who do you follow? What pages do you follow? What things do you do to, you know, know what's going on in the market? What kind of data do you look for? What kind of information do you seek out? What are the things that you're doing to keep on top of all of it?
1: So I'm always looking at the monthly reports, and uh, you know those come in through my MLS, and you know just to check what's the inventory, what's the uh, sales price ratios, and is the market up or down. Um, I don't look even just year over year; I look month over month. So I'll go back over the past six months. You know, and right now in New Jersey, we're down, you know, anywhere between thirty to forty percent inventory over the past Two. six months. Um, which is which is huge. That 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 means that it's a trend now. You know, it's not just a, a blip. Um, so understanding that, so you know how to talk to people about what's happening in the market because uh, a lot of buyers and a lot of sellers just have misconceptions about what exactly is going on. And having the ability to kind of uh, you know teach them and you know let them know that yes, you know you might think that the interest rates are hurting the market, but you know because of the low inventory. You know, prices are going to trend up, and here's why. And then being able to show them, here's what's happening in the past. And and this is why I think for the future, you know, this is a good time to sell. You know, you have to be able to explain that to somebody. Um, and a lot of agents, I guess, just don't even invest in, in learning um, or understanding. Um, YouTube, I follow uh, Think Media. Sean Connell's is a, a great guy uh, for social media. Just uh, he's, He is a lot more, you know, kind of a YouTube more than like social media. Uh, Ricky Carruth, uh, a guy that I've known for about, yeah, six or seven years. I've met him in person, um, hung out with him in uh, in New York City, uh, which is not far from where we're at. He's the real deal. You know, when I first heard him, because um, I was on a podcast and he was on um, like right after me, I was like, wow, this guy gets it because he kind of has the same approach where he's more of a consultant. You know, I'm not here just to sell you. I'm here to kind of just help you. That's it. Yeah. Um, Me kevin was a was a guy early on that was uh really big into real estate he's on youtube now he's more financial uh big financial guy more so than than real estate but he is kind of getting back into real estate um who else uh ryan pineda is a good guy to listen to he's on youtube as well as well as social ed stulak's cool guy to follow on tiktok he's he's fun to follow yeah he's younger generation so you know he's dancing and stuff he uh (laughs) yeah he doesn't, he doesn't mind, uh, you know, showing off a little bit on uh, TikTok there. But, um, but yeah, it's just really finding people that, uh, you know, you can align yourself with, right? And they're like, I feel like my authenticity is more like these people, right? Don't fake it, you know. Just because I'm telling you these people, that doesn't mean that they might be the right people for you because you may be completely different from who they are. But you've got to dig deep and do some research and find, like, who are some people that are maybe ahead of me? Um, or doing something different or know things different than what i know and then you know spend the time to invest and uh you know consume their content and see how things are working for them um those are guys again when ricky Grooth, when i first met him he wasn't that big you know and now he's huge you know and huge. the I was shocked
0: how many followers he had because i hadn't heard of him before and i came across his page and i was like wow this guy's really good he kind of he has a lot of similarities to our broker owner anthony the one that is on our Crush It and Real Estate page and all of that. So like he just, you know, I was attracted to that because I was like, wow, they're so similar. And then I looked at his follower count and I'm like, whoa, how did I not know who this guy was?
1: Yeah. and he's <laughs> that been more
0: recent, dude. you think, that he's had that breakout?
1: Yeah, the last two years, he yeah. really just went all in. I mean, it, it it takes a while. So his coaching program was free to start, you know, and he was yeah. spending probably 100000 you know, $150,000 a year on this coaching program that wasn't giving him any more money back, he was just building his his social media platforms. But because it was a free program, the community aspect of that Facebook huge. page was huge. Yeah, you know, and there was other people helping out, and he was consistent. You know, Ricky, if you want to learn how to cold call, consistency's there. Ricky Carruth, he just he, he knows how to do it. You may do it a little bit differently depending on where you're at. I couldn't. Do it in the same fashion because i'm in like the new york metro area and people would be like what do you you know what i mean what do you who cares about the weather you know but the 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 concept of the of making the calls and you know the personality that that he has a little different but still you know there's a lot of things that if you listen to the calls that you can pick up and and learn and and how to be consistent and how to kind of come up with a program and how to put them into a crm and a drip campaign and an email like that's all the stuff it's like all right just take your vibe and then take his system And you could actually make it work because he was, you know, the number one agent for REMAX in Alabama for a long time and, you know, just crushing it. So, and now he's at the point where again, he's, he's not doing as much real estate anymore. You know, he's doing coaching, he's doing speaking, he's all over YouTube and Instagram and Facebook. And now he's getting into TikTok too. Um, so, I mean, the social media platforms are huge and I can tell you, I started the TikTok just uh, within the last year and, uh, you know, that's actually been, I've gotten way more views on there than than Instagram or Facebook. So, you know, it's, uh, it's just really figuring out your, uh, your tribe, you know, that, yep. that's with everything. And then trying things, you know, just like I tell a lot of my agents, you actually have to want to learn why you want to do it and then take the time to actually research it. You know, don't come to me and, and ask me all these questions about how do you do this? All this information already exists. You know, if you want to do it, take the time, research it on YouTube. And then if you want me to help you push the buttons or whatever, come in. You know what I mean? But, you know, you have to understand that uh, social media is a game changer and it's here to stay and it's only getting bigger badder, so badder.
0: Mm-hmm. And it changes every day. Mm-hmm. So you do kind of have to learn on your own in a way, because if you don't, you're not going to know what happens when it changes five minutes later, <laughs> you know? So I always tell people I'll, you know, we do, I have a course on the crush it. Um, online training center that we have where I specifically did it for realtors, but I'm like, this is basic guys. It's basic to give you what you need to know know to start. But then after that, just start clicking buttons, just start clicking buttons. And if you post something, delete it, if you have to, (laughs) you know, it's like, just test it
1: out. They're like, oh, I'm afraid I'm going to post and I'm like, who cares? Nobody cares. cares. You don't even have that many people following you.
0: And the same (laughs) thing is too, if you post it, it actually might do something, especially if you screw it up. (laughs) That might actually get more views. So, Um, all right. So I want to talk about your goals, your goals for the future of you and your team. I know you mentioned a little bit before about how, you know, 50 is that cut off for you and you want to be able to do more new construction and you want to be able to do those kind of things. So dive in a little bit deeper on what your goals are for you and for your team.
1: Yeah, so right now the goal is expansion. You know, as as always, that's an easy one. Uh, We'd like to get at least two more offices. We have two currently. Uh, the team I'd like to see doubled in size within the next two years. We have the systems in order to scale it. Uh, they are really crushing it, and a lot of times too, we have some of the agents that jump on the team that end up jumping off. And the good thing is that they come to the office, so we still they're still here. You know, they never leave. Uh, but the growth on the team over the last year has been absolutely insane. And then um, just long term, I mean, I I'm not sure. I I know I want to own buildings. I know I want to be. Um, more of like a a commercial, uh, I don't want to say broker, but, you know, I want to deal more in the commercial space, but helping build out and develop, but do it for myself, not necessarily, you know, selling. So, um, you know, eventually it leads to a sale. But um, yeah, I mean, I have a friend that's doing really well in the syndication space. That's obviously a a big thing. You know, maybe eventually I get into that, you know, but for now, I, I kind of, I'm still looking at things almost year to year, I don't know where I'm going to end up. I know, uh, at the time when I'm 50, I know that's when my son's going to be pretty much graduating high school. So I know my goal is to like, probably, you know, spend a lot of time with him. So being able to kind of manage project, consult project, but knowing like I'm going to be hanging out with him. Um, most likely that's, you know, wherever it goes, I'm consulting, I'm, you know, maybe I'm speaking, uh, coaching, who knows, you know, but, uh, Maybe
0: you're coaching him. Maybe I'll awesome. follow following your footsteps, Yeah, you never know. Yeah. <laughs> so um, parting words for our audience today. This is an amazing episode. I know they're all going to get so much out of it. And I really appreciate you taking the time. But what are some parting words that you have for the audience? You know, it's filled with agents who are at all different levels of their business and they just want to know, like, they just want some parting words to go. Yes, that's what I need. <laughs> what kind of things would you say to those people?
1: So yeah, invest your time, you know, instead of driving around, listening to music or whatever, like invest in listening to podcasts, you know, invest in Audible and and reading books on Audible, you know, download something called Blinkist, which is cliff notes of books, you know, that you can listen to as you're driving. Um, Just invest in yourself, you know, so uh, I tell my agents a lot of it. And a lot of times, like everything that we've done to build this company up was really ideas that I didn't create. You know, these were things that I heard and learned from different podcast guests, and it didn't matter at what level they were at, you know, whether they were bigger or whether they were smaller, you know, taking the time to to actually learn every single day. I think you get no more value, you know, from, you can listen to your broker or listen to your friend at the brokerage. You'll never be able to download all the information that's that's out there you know from all the people that are willing to share it you know from from across the country and learning things that maybe somebody's doing not in your town or not in your county that somebody's doing in another county and finding success and then all of a sudden you're the first one to do it you know i know we were the first ones to do photography and drone video in our market you know and i i have to kind of lead that i have to be the cutting edge and you know now i'm trying to get my agents to to do it and i have to make it simple and i have to template it with my you know videographer to you know, kind of package it and do it cheap and make sure the turnaround time's good. Um, So yeah, video is is another thing. Obviously, as I'm speaking about it, that's huge. You have to be able to show up on video. And don't worry about what you look like, don't worry about what you sound like. Uh, There was a time where I was, you know, uncertain about it, I didn't really wanna do it, but once you start doing it and see the success of it and, and get conversations, to me it's reverse engineering conversations. I don't have the time to make phone calls anymore, So what I do is I spend a couple extra dollars when I'm marketing a property or I want to market a location or something in the community and I post it. And then that leads me to the conversations that instead of me having to make calls, people are actually calling me. Uh, And then again, if anybody has any questions, you feel free to reach out to me and feel free to reach out to really any agents that you follow. Most realtors, no matter what their success, they will respond to you. They will take the time to, to speak to you. I have agents from all over the country that have reached out to me and I've spent hours and hours and, you know, just talking to them about what they need to do. You know, and then when they get stuck, you know, they'll shoot me a message and ask me an opinion. You know, I'm, I'm more than happy to help out. I love it.
0: Well, that's amazing. Thank you for that offer. I guarantee there is going to be plenty of people that reach out after this. We have a very active community and I'm sure they'll be doing those things. So we will make sure in the show notes to put links to all of your stuff and then that way they can reach out to you wherever you're at or wherever they're at. So thank you again, Justin, so much. I really, really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today and for sharing all of your knowledge with our audience.
1: Anytime, Lindsay, thanks for having me.
0: All right, everybody. Whether you're a seasoned veteran or a new agent just starting out, you'll find valuable insights and inspiration from our guests. So go back through all the episodes and explore stories of many successful realtors. We will see you next time on the Agents Who Crush It in Real Estate podcast. Bye-bye. We hope you learned something today. Be sure to take action and grow your business. You can check out the episode notes and more content from the show at crushitre.com slash podcast. And if you like this episode and want to hear more stories, please share with others, post on social media, and leave a review. Check out our other content on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Crush It Real Estate. We appreciate you listening to our podcast. Now get out there and crush it in real estate.